Hello, world. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. In the book of Revelation, chapters 2 and 3 are comprised of seven letters, and they give a rather, yeah, we'll call it vivid impression of Christian life in the province of Asia some decades after the evangelization of the province by Paul and his colleagues. Pressure is being applied, being brought to bear on Christians to change in a couple ways, to not be so unyielding in their negative attitude to such socially approved activities as emperor worship and the like, and to be less insistent on those things which distinguish their way of life so sharply from the civilization in the midst of which they lived. Now, here's a crazy idea. It's almost like God knew what we might face 2,000 years later. Hello, Hopeful. Welcome to episode 1989 of our journey together through the Bible, and glad you've chosen to not be alone as we, together, seek to be transformed by reading through every word of God's mind in print. Maybe even considering our own life and work stories along the way in light of that, including the way we're going to listen to these seven letters that we're going to catch today and tomorrow. Now, interestingly, they follow a pattern. First is the risen Christ designating himself by one of his titles addresses the angel of the church with words, I know. And then there follows a brief description of the condition of the church with appropriate well, commendation or reproof, right? Promise or warning. And then each ends with the exhortation, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Holy Spirit says to the churches. And this comes just before or after a word of encouragement for the person who overcomes. If there's an exhortation for them that applies for us right now, do whatever it takes to hold on to the true confession whole lot of red words coming at you. Revelation chapter 2. Write to the angel of the church in Ephesus. Thus says the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, and your endurance, and that you cannot tolerate evil people. You have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and you have found them to be liars. I know that you have persevered and endured hardships for the sake of my name, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you. You have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember then how far you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. Otherwise, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Yet you do have this. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Write to the angel of the church in Smyrna. Thus says the first and the last, the one who was dead and came to life. I know your affliction and poverty, but... You are rich. 
I know the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. Look, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison to test you, but you will experience affliction for ten days. Be faithful to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. Let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will never be harmed by the second death. Write to the angel of the church in Pergamum. Thus says the one who has the sharp, double-edged sword. I know where you live, where Satan's throne is. Yet you are holding on to my name and did not deny your faith in me, even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was put to death among you where Satan lives. But I have a few things against you. You have some there who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to place a stumbling block in front of the Israelites to eat meat sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality. In the same way, you also have those who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. So repent. Otherwise, I will come to you quickly and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give him a white stone, and on the stone, a name. A new name is inscribed that... No one knows except the one who receives it. Write to the angel of the church in Thyatira. Thus says the Son of God, the one whose eyes are like a fiery flame and whose feet are like fine bronze. I know your works, your love, faithfulness, service, and endurance. I know that your last works are greater than the first. But I have this against you. You tolerate the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and teaches and deceives my servants to commit sexual immorality and to eat meat sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she does not want to repent of her sexual immorality. Look, I will throw her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into great affliction. Unless they repent of her works, I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am the one who examines minds and hearts, and I will give to each of you according to your works. I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, who haven't known the so-called secrets of Satan, as they say, I am not putting any other burden on you. Only hold on to what you have until I come. The one who conquers and who keeps my works to the end, I will give him authority over the nations, and he will rule them with an iron scepter. He will shatter them like pottery, just as I have received this from my Father. I will also give him the morning star. Let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. And that is Revelation chapter 2. Ah, my friends, the yoke that Jesus gives is the right one. Do whatever it takes to hold on to the true confession. Of course, now as we turn back to Jeremiah, their problem 
was one of who they were listening to as well. The false prophets were giving the nation false hopes. But Jeremiah gives them the the skinny. (laughs) Nebuchadnezzar was God's servant doing God's will, and all nations should submit to him. And if they accepted his yoke, they would live. If they rejected it, they would die. And interestingly, you're going to hear what is sometimes called the three yoke sermons. Picking up in Jeremiah chapter 27. At the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came to Jeremiah from the Lord. This is what the Lord said to me. Make chains and yoke bars for yourself and put them on your neck. Send word to the king of Edom, the king of Moab, the king of the Ammonites, the king of Tyre, the king of Sidon, through messengers who are coming to King Zedekiah of Judah in Jerusalem. Command them to go to their masters, saying, This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. Tell this to your masters. By my great strength and outstretched arm, I made the earth and the people and animals on the face of the earth. I give it to anyone I please. So now I have placed all these lands under the authority of my servant Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. I have even given him the wild animals to serve him. All nations will serve him, his son and his grandson, until the time for his own land comes, and then many nations and great kings will enslave him. As for the nation or kingdom that does not serve King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon and does not place its neck under the yoke of King Babylon, of the king of Babylon, that nation I will punish by sword, famine, and plague. This is the Lord's declaration. Until through him I have destroyed it. So you should not listen to the, your prophets, diviners, dreamers, fortune tellers, or sorcerers who say to you, don't serve the king of Babylon. They are prophesying a lie to you so that you will be removed from your land. I will banish you and you will perish. But as for the nation that will put its neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him, I will leave it in its own land and that nation will cultivate it and reside in it. This is the Lord's declaration. Next section, warning to Zedekiah. I spoke to King Zedekiah of Judah in the same way. Put your necks under the yoke of the king of Babylon, serve him and his people, and live. Why should you and your people die by the sword, famine, and plague as the Lord has threatened against any nation that does not serve the king of Babylon? Do not listen to the words of the prophets who are telling you, Don't serve the king of Babylon, for they are prophesying a lie to you. I have not sent them. This is the Lord's declaration. And they are prophesying falsely in my name. Therefore, I will banish you and you will perish, you and the prophets who are prophesying to you. Then I spoke to the priests and all these people, saying, This is what the Lord says. Do not listen to the words of your prophets. They are prophesying to you, claiming, Look, Very soon now the articles of the Lord's temple will be brought back from Babylon. They are prophesying a lie to you. Do not listen to them. Serve the king of Babylon and live. Why should this city become a ruin? If they are indeed prophets, and if the word of the Lord is in them, 
Let them intercede with the Lord of armies not to let the articles that remain in the Lord's temple, in the palace of the king of Judah and in Jerusalem, go to Babylon. For this is what the Lord of armies says about the pillars, the basin, the water carts, and the rest of the articles that will still remain in this city. Those King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon did not take when he deported Jeconiah, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, from Jerusalem to Babylon, along with all the nobles of Judah and Jerusalem. Yes, this is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says about the articles that remain in the temple of the Lord, in the palace of the king of Judah and in Jerusalem. They will be taken to Babylon and will remain there until I attend to them again. This is the Lord's declaration. Then I will bring them up and restore them to this place. Next section. Hananiah's false prophecy. In that same year, at the beginning of the reign of King Zedekiah of Judah, in the fifth month of the fourth year, the prophet Hananiah, son of Azur, from Gibeon, said to me in the temple of the Lord, in the presence of the priests and all the people. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two years I will restore to this place all the articles of the Lord's temple that King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon took from here and transported to Babylon. And I will restore to this place Jeconiah, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and all the exiles from Judah who went to Babylon. This is the Lord's declaration, for I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. The prophet Jeremiah replied, to the prophet Hananiah in the presence of the priests and all the people who were standing in the temple of the Lord. The prophet Jeremiah said, Amen. May the Lord do that. May the Lord make the words you have prophesied come true, and may he restore the articles to the Lord's temple and all the exiles from Babylon to this place. Only listen to this message I am speaking in your hearing and in the hearing of all the people. The prophets who preceded you and me from ancient times prophesied war, disaster, and plague against many lands and great kingdoms. As for the prophet who prophesies peace, only when the word of the prophet comes true will the prophet be recognized as one the Lord has truly sent. I'm going to pause right there. You might recall that that comes from Deuteronomy 18, which is where God first lays out the test of a true prophet. And in Deuteronomy 18, any falsehood whatsoever meant that it was a false prophet. Continuing. The prophet Hananiah then took the yoke bar from the neck of the prophet Jeremiah and broke it. In the presence of all the people, Hananiah proclaimed, this is what the Lord says, in this way, within two years, I will break the yoke of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon from the neck of all the nations. The prophet Jeremiah then went on his way. After the prophet Hananiah had broken the yoke bar from the neck of the prophet Jeremiah, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Go and say to Hananiah, this is what the Lord says, you broke a wooden yoke bar, but in its place you will make an iron yoke bar. For this is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says, I have put an iron yoke on the neck of all these nations that they might serve King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, and they will serve him, 
I have even put the wild animals under him. The prophet Jeremiah said to the prophet Hananiah, Listen, Hananiah, the Lord did not send you, but you have led these people to trust in a lie. Therefore, this is what the Lord says to you. I am about to send you off the face of the earth. You will die this year because you have preached rebellion against the Lord. And the prophet Hananiah died that year in the seventh month. Jeremiah 27 and 28. Big day tomorrow in the book of Jeremiah. I hope you stick with us for tomorrow tomorrow's episode. Today, however, we're going to wrap up with a little bit of Proverbs for our wisdom segment. But remember this. I'm going to keep repeating this theme. The yoke that God gives you is the right one for you, no matter who may put it on your shoulders. Right? God can even use unsaved people to help you do his will. Do whatever it takes to hold on to the true confession. Proverbs chapter 25, and this is picking up in verse 23. Oh, by the way, um, we're in this section. I don't know if I called this out in the last day or two, but this section is sometimes referred to as Hezekiah's collection. Remember, Hezekiah was one of the better kings, and one of the things that he did was to collect Proverbs from Solomon and others along the way that were very much like what Solomon began. Proverbs 25, picking up in 23. The north wind produces rain, and a backbiting tongue produces angry looks. Better to live on the corner of a roof than to share a house with a nagging wife. Good news from a distant land is like cold water to a parched throat. A righteous person who yields to the wicked is like a muddied spring or a polluted well. It is not good to eat too much honey or to seek glory after glory. A person who does not control his temper is like a city whose wall is broken down. And that gets us up through the end of the chapter, verse 28. I think we're going to just repeat one of those and close her up here. Proverbs 25, 26. A righteous person who yields to the wicked is like a muddied spring or a polluted well. My friends, we kind of just runs against our grain, particularly here in Western culture, but we should accept every yoke as the yoke of God and he will transform it from bondage to blessing. No one here gets out of wearing a yoke. My friends, do whatever it takes to hold on to the true confession the pressure is going to get more intense, I believe. Like the piece that we read in Revelation. 
to not be so unyielding in our quote-unquote negative attitude to such socially approved activities as emperor worship or pick your political issue of today, right? Or to be less insistent on those things which distinguish the Christian way of life and following Jesus so sharply from the civilization around us. Father in heaven, we pray that the only way, Lord, I pray that you would help us know and remember and just abide in the fact that it is only by you and the power of your spirit that we can do whatever it takes to hold on to the true confession. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen. Amen.